Hello and welcome to the faculty interview, covering the latest breakthroughs, research news and insight, delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this interview, Atia Lawrence discusses DNA methylation changes in human papillomavirus, and suggests why these might be important for identifying women at increased risk of cervical cancer. This was a study done on samples of women who were undergoing cervical um, cytology screening in Wales. And um, we were interested in understanding whether um, DNA methylation, uh, that is uh, certain chemical changes in um, DNA, um, such as the addition of a methyl group to cytosine, would be able to predict uh, risk of um, higher level disease. Um, so we were uh, we focused on HPV 16 because that was uh, that is a virus that is highly um, associated and is shown to be um, a cause of cervical cancer. So um, the problem with just testing for HPV 16 is that uh, one cannot tell which people who are infected with HPV 16 will go on to cancer versus those um, who will not go on. And in fact, a majority of women who are infected with HPV-16 do not go on to cervical cancer. Probably only um, uh, a low few percent, uh, you know, between 1 to 5%, depending on how well they're screened. So there's the need for a test that is a more accurate predictor of risk. And we had um, an interest in looking at methylation because it had been shown by other investigators to be um, elevated in cancers of different kinds. And we developed this um, classifier for um, the detecting the methylation of HPV-16 and we were um, able to apply it to these samples from Wales and demonstrate that uh, it was a good predictor of disease that was discovered later. Now, bear in mind, in this particular study, we were doing an observational uh, research component with the methylation. So these women were being routinely screened, and they were being followed up over a period of time um, because uh, women who were screened uh, typically go back for repeat visits if they have abnormalities uh, and are followed up over multiple years. So we had the ability to test samples that had been collected at one particular point in time and then to correlate those results with outcomes that were observed from the routine follow-up of those women. Well, the classification score was um, based on pyrosequencing uh, of uh, bisulfite-converted DNA. So that's a method where um, DNA that is methylated is <clears throat> resistant to the reagent, but uh, DNA that is unmethylated changes its chemical nature. The cytosine changes from a cytosine to a uracil, and then within a PCR reaction that subsequently occurs to amplify the DNA, that uracil is 
uh, converted to a thymine, and we note that as a base pair change. And we put this um, <coughs> amplified DNA into a uh, machine called a pyrosequencer, and we actually sequence the bases. So the, the, the score, this was an early score, and it was composed of a proportion of um, methylation weighted from the L2 region and a proportion weighted from the L1 region. So score 1, S1, was, this was the score, was equal to 64 times the methylation level detected in the L2 region plus 36 times the methylation level detected in the uh, L1 region. So L2, 64, L1, 36. And we weighted that, and as you can see, that score is equal to 100%. So in a sense, it's the, um, it's the uh, weighted sum of the percentages of methylation here. Um, and that was, that was quite simple to calculate because you get the exact levels of methylation coming off the machine. Um, and methylation, of course, is expressed between 0 and 1. So if you had, for example, um, you know, some level of methylation in L2 uh, and some level of methylation in L1, let's say 100% them both, um, then what what would happen is the S score would be equal to uh, 100 uh, in this particular case, uh, which would indicate a perfectly high-risk score. And that, that score slides between a range of 0 to 100. That's how, that's how we measure it, uh, and we establish a cutoff um, below which we regard uh, these, these women as negative. Uh, and we investigated a number of scores. More recently, subsequent to this paper, we have developed a more sophisticated score, S5, that we have published a lot on, and it also uh, adds components of methylation of HPV-18, HPV-31, HPV-33, and a human gene. Um, so that's the, that's the way the methylation score is developed. Well, the main findings of the study were that we um, were able to show that women who had um, higher, uh, higher levels of disease, so in other words, um, they had something like a moderate or a severe dysplasia, um, detected at the end of the study, they already had higher levels of methylation uh, that we recorded in their baseline samples. So in effect, we were able to predict which women were going to end up uh, down the line being um, identified as having uh, a risky uh, precancerous lesion that was in need of imminent uh, surgery or therapy. And uh, so that we, we were very excited by that because uh, that would allow more accurate predictions, um, less frequent visits, um, less loss to follow-up because we would be able to better pinpoint the women who were at risk. We also showed that um, the methylation level in HPV-16 increases uh, with time uh, in uh, in the women in whom the viral infection is persistent. Okay, so just briefly on that, most women who are infected with HPV 
uh, including HPV-16 or any other type, uh, uh, get rid of the infection, let's say, uh, by virtue of their immune system over a period of about two years. Uh, they react to it just like um, most other infections that we get during our lives, and we eliminate the virus just like we can eliminate bacteria by special cells in our body attacking um, these, um, these uh, invading pathogens. However, if the virus is persistent, its methylation increases over time. And we were the, um, the first to show that you can um, determine how long the woman's been infected, in a sense, by measuring the level of the methylation in the uh, L1 or the L2 regions. The methylation increases by about 0.8% uh, per year. So, um, you know, if a woman has had a persistent infection for 10 years, um, she would be measuring somewhere in the range of 8 to 10% methylation uh, in these uh, viral genes. And, of course, lots of studies have also shown that the longer a woman has the virus, the more likely she is to develop invasive cancer. So some important uh, findings uh, predicting uh, that... Um, we could tell how long the virus was there, predicting the risk that the woman was going to develop a disease. Uh, we also showed that women who are not at risk of disease had very low levels of methylation. So this was a very exciting first step uh, in a um, classifier for better identifying women uh, who needed uh, further surveillance in a cervical screening program uh, in Wales. Well, the conclusions from that study, really, because it was a preliminary study, uh, were that this field of um, investigation should be looked at uh, more thoroughly with uh, additional studies. We were inviting other investigators uh, to join in this research, uh, and we also um, did further studies. There were no clinical recommendations, per se, from this study, because it was what I would call an early or an exploratory study. We were kind of fact-finding. What we did was we followed this up with uh, a number of, a large number of other big studies, and we were able to confirm our findings and develop a more sophisticated classifier called the S5, um, which is now in the process of being um, commercialized, and we believe that it is going to be a tremendous benefit for women in screening programs around the world. Um, still not at the point of making recommendations for that because we need to take that through regulatory approvals uh, and need to get it established into the uh, healthcare systems. But uh, eventually, in a few years, we will be recommending that... Um, women who have uh, an HPV infection or, or any other concern or abnormality related to malignancy uh, of the cervix should be having a methylation test. And the overall conclusion was that um, methylation uh, has a strong involvement uh, in carcinogenesis and it's uh, something that people should be paying serious attention to and developing assays uh, to measure it accurately uh, and to start incorporating it into clinical practice. 